At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Dives presents a court of thorns and roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. Halloweenies! Oh, oh you talking about my weenies? I'm always talking about your weenies. You talking about my little hot dog tattoo? I do. Yeah, yes, I do. hot dog ambassador of the Southwest region, of the United States. Never forget. Never. I will never. I could never. Um, I should never. MJ has seen me recently in the in the flesh give my hot dog ambassador spiel because someone brought up my hot dog tattoo uh-huh, and I uh-huh. can't not. It's illegal if they bring right. up the hot dog tattoo. I got to talk about being the hot dog ambassador of the Southwest region, of the United States, even though out of season. I mean, it's just part of your... You have to do it. This is my forever. I don't want you to go to prison. Oh, my God. I saw a picture of a shirt earlier that says, Tis the Damn Season, which is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. And it says, Tis the Damn Season on it with all of the cast from Muppet Christmas Carol. And I have never seen a shirt more made for me in my entire life. Do you feel validated? I did, but also, like, I can't bring myself to spend $35 on it. What? $35 for it. I wouldn't am I going to wear this shirt? Where am I going to wear this shirt? Christmas party? I, yeah, but at a Christmas party, you're going to wear... Tits I'm going to wear a sexum dress. Yeah. yeah. Unless I just cut my breasts out of the yeah, shirt. Yeah, just cut circles for your boobs. But I think it's going to take away from the uh, the design mm-hmm. on the shirt. You really are in a conundrum. I sent it to Jeff. I was like, Jeff, talk me out of buying this. And he said, I can't. No, he wants you to buy it. Yeah. He wants you to feel your joys. You know, I know you're not supposed to feel your joys by just spending money, but sometimes yeah. a shirt that is both a Muppet and a Taylor Swift reference, uh, how do I not? I think you can find joys with money sometimes. True. Oh. Like, look at these fucking outfits today, y'all. I mean, if you are not watching the video, you aren't able to see that Natalie and I are full Halloween today. We are. What? Who are you? I'm Tiffany. Um, I am Chucky's girlfriend. And yes, but it's a, a fairy. Of, but a fae. I live in the world of the fae. And yes, my temporary tattoo is still not gone from oh, where I wore this Actually, costume it makes days it look, ago. It makes it look more realistic. More realistic, like faded. right? Yeah. Um, I had therapy this morning, and my therapist was like, do you want to say something about the breast tattoo? (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, 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 it's fake. 
I got married to someone named Chucky <laughs> over the weekend. I need to tell you all about it. I just... I Perhaps really, we should talk about this in therapy, Jackie. I mean, she does know that I'm going through a bit of a midlife crisis where I want to be covered in tattoos, so she just didn't know how quickly I was going. This is a very young midlife crisis. Is it, though? We were talking about this on page seven. I don't think it's that young. Midlife crises are not actually, they usually are referencing like 50 because it's not necessarily the half of your life, but that's like the extent of human life is usually 100 years. So if, usually it's in reference to a 50-ish person. I'm going through it early. All right. Hey, get it out I of the way. I think it's because my womb is empty. So Whoa. I think it just like flips out in a different way. Whoa. You know what I mean? That's scary. Yeah, man. I'm horrified of being a woman. Yeah, it's just pretty bad. It's pretty bad a lot of times. I don't know what happens in here. No. I'm barely holding on mentally at all times. Yeah, but that's fine. It's like a roller coaster. It's just like constant hormones coursing through your body at all times. True. That's true. Yes. Silly. Correct. Silly. But, I will but say it's I can fun. barely breathe in my corset. Oh which man, is, I'm you starting know. to. Okay, so I, I'm dressed as Red Sonia, but as an Illyrian because I couldn't come up with a pun. Um, so it's Tiffany is good. Yeah, I couldn't. I was like red, red, red Illyrian. Yeah, it's just uh, red Sonia, but an Illyrian. But Illyrian, yeah, like Illyrian red Sonia. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty sure I'm coming to the conclusion this is not a good outfit for for battle. Whoa, wait a second. You're not you're not wanting to be worried about your breasts falling out every I, time you stab. You know, you get this hourglass figure by restricting your breathing. And you kind of need it when you're swinging an axe around. What I don't understand is how they made fuck in these things. I don't know if anybody actually wore anything like this. <laughs> Did they not? Like, I feel like it's like they used to wear corsets I mean, she, all the time. Oh, corsets for sure. Um, I mean, if, if uh, what's that movie? The um, Red... Uh, the what, uh, Red Dawn. No, the one... The, one, <laughs> <laughs> the ghost story. Uh, Red, Crimson, the others. Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak. Oh, Crimson Peak. Uh, judging by that, you just lift all the skirts up and keep all the clothes on. The problem is the rest of the bodice is so, I I mean, I might be speaking from experience. Well, uh, (laughs) whoa, okay. (laughs) Slow down there. there. Um, We've got a lot of corsets now. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, of course it's great. But, yeah, I don't think it was, like, enjoyable for the woman at that time. I don't think they yeah, were worried about women's they weren't, pleasure I think that's really what it is. They weren't really worried about it. They weren't actually like they are in A Court of Thorns and Roses. No, 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 no. No, on Crimson Peak, you you could kind of gauge that maybe also, you know, they didn't get to bathe a lot. It's probably, like, some smells going on down there. Oh, yeah. But also, though, very important <clears throat> question for you. Do you think it's cheating if you have sex with a ghost? Consensual sex yes. with a ghost? Yes, yes. Mm. Yeah. Right? You think it's cheating? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be pretty upset. But I did, I have said to Jeff before, I don't have any celebrity hall passes, but I think my only hall pass would be... A ghost. ...is if, like, a ghost propositioned me, and I was like, I mean, I'm here. I'm I wouldn't want to give it a... Sh- I would like to try and see what happens. Like, I'm curious. Right? Just to see. And maybe they're really interested in your pleasure, and, like, that you just want to see if anything would happen. I think my, my, uh... Hurt and betrayal would be kind of minimized just because I'd I'd have so many questions for for how it was like right? what, like, like what it was it like was it cold yes was it there was there Did any you feel anything was there clenching was yeah. there no clenching please I mean these are the questions you have to ask yep, yep. Um, I'm glad that we talked it out all right. <laughs>
Yeah, I'm glad we we sorted this all out in case of uh, Kesha's had a lot of sex with ghosts. I've heard. Heard so. Um, Go fall. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. So before we start, I've discovered that there is at least a rumor. I'm not sure if SJM has directly said this because I haven't found it from her mouth, her lips. Um, Give us her lips. But if somebody can point me to where she said it, I saw this on a website. But apparently, Valaris is allegedly based on a city in Switzerland. Ooh, we should go. I mean, do you think I didn't already immediately look at Airbnbs? Bro, let's go. So it's a place called Zermatt. And if you, I'm sure that's exactly how you pronounce it. I'm sure. Zermatt? Um, if you all have sent me messages about this already a bunch of times, I am so sorry. I really try to me- read all messages, and I know I miss them. But I looked it up. Look at this picture. This dude. is, I mean, look up pictures of Zermatt. It's got the Matterhorn in the background of the city, and it looks like exactly, it looks like the Ramio. Yes. Um, also, Dumois recently has said, I don't know if you guys follow Dumois, who is like the, you know, secret, not-so-secret celebrity gossip person, and they put out that they are, like, zeroing in, like, they're down to three people to play, um, I think, Tamlin Andrees. Really? Um, that they it's actually, like, things are moving mm, with we'll making see. it. I'm just saying, word in the in the celebrity gossip train is that things are moving for an Akatar television show. We will show. see, I suppose. Although, again, I feel very worried for the actors, whoever they are, because it's somebody's going to be upset. Man, Man yelling just, at them on the internet. I, I am going to accept and oh, say will. thank you I for will. whatever they choose at this point. I will say, you know, it's not about me all the time. Whoa. Okay? It's Whoa. not about me. Unless we're going to Zermatt and then everything's going to be about us because, oh my God, think of the snow bunny outfits we oh. would wear. Yeah, we there's would... a lot of chalets there. Oh my God, we would look just like the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, <laughs> but without Jen Shaw. My dream! <laughs> Finally! <laughs> well, that's my favorite part about them is that they're always wearing high heels in Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and they're walking through the snow. I mean, I do love that's a power move. It's a power move. Um, so, yeah. Listen, so this place is called Zermatt, and it is in... Okay, listen to this. Apparently, it's inside of a canton, which in a canton... I don't know what that means. ...is a very confusing thing that I don't fully get, but I think it's like a state. Okay. They're in Switzerland, and the canton... Canton? Canton. Canton. Uh, that Zermatt is in, and guess what it's called? What? Valace. <gasps> Sounds a lot like Valaris. It really does. So I think there could be something to this. Oh, my God. International SJM. I know. And I've personally been on the Matterhorn ride at Disneyland. So I've so you know all about been this. to yes. Valaris. That's You're right. That's what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah. The only difference. How was it cold? Um, on the ride? Yeah. Um, no, it's bumpy. Okay. Well. I don't want to get on a plane there, maybe. Maybe we'll take a boat? Uh, I don't think we could take a boat there. No, it's it's very landlocked. Mm. That's the only difference between it and Valaris. Okay. Everything right. else is literally exactly, exactly the, same. the same. Oh, my God, we've got to go. Um, I want to get, like, big fur snow boots. I'll show you. Oh, wait, actually, I still have some of these. Like these Actually, boots? very similar to your red Sonia, Sonia bo- boots. Yeah. Look at these chalets. Now we're just looking at chalets. Oh, my God. There's a baby grand. There's a baby grand. There's a sauna. It's not cheap. I'm not made for a sauna. Let's no, no. Real I'm not here. either. I'm not into it. I love I a can't spa. I can't do it. I love a spa sure. treatment. 
I don't like being in a room full of hot sweat air. No, I'm just like makes I'm just like I'm ready to get out. Mm-mm. I think I always want to get out way before you're supposed to. Yeah, it's not for me. No, but you know I'm not a bath person either. See, all the confessions oh, come out in Akatar. Shameful. I know. It's difficult for me. If you'll recall, Nesta raised her hand to a familiar presence while asleep last episode. Oh. So she was sleeping and then there was somebody and then she was reaching. Uh, and then yeah, because her gone. door opened, right? Mm-hmm. We find out for sure at the start of chapter 14 it was Cassian because he's reminiscing about that evening before when he went to check in on Nesta and found her to be apparently a bare skin under her blanket. Don't open the door. Don't, up, don't he was open worried. the door. I know, but you don't. I still, of all the things that I love Cassian for, don't open the door. He he wanted, he was like, maybe I was just checking. Just like, making sure. I know he's making just sure. Look. But if someone opened up my door, I'd be real pissed off. Only because she missed dinner and he was worried. Yeah. But um, he leaves quickly but seems to be returning to that memory of her bare shoulder an awful lot. Interesting. Man, when you're crushing so hard on somebody that you could just think of their bare shoulder and be like, whoa. (laughs) How the skin lifts from the blade. Shoulder blade. (laughs) Shoulder blade. (laughs) Oh, that is anatomy. <laughs> um, so he thinks to himself at the top of this chapter, he'll have to check with Rizan about whether the house is sentient because the house basically shows him a bunch of empty plates since he's worried that she hasn't eaten. And he's like, I really got to check in about what's what's up with this situation. And then he was like worrying about it because he's like, oh, man, I've done some stuff in this house. This house has been watching Watching the whole time. And I mean, fair. I would be also kind of concerned if suddenly I knew I was being watched all the time. Every time for everything? Yeah, this house is kind of a pervert. Yeah, man. Now this day, he waits at the private training ring at the House of Wind, feeling quite nervous about whether Nesta's going to show up for her second day of training Mm. now that her bargain has been fulfilled. We quickly learn that she is late because she can barely move. That makes sense. Yeah. Training has made her body awaken in ways that most of us are familiar with, which is a lot of, ow, ow, ah, ah, ow, ow, ow. Oh, yeah. But I love it, man. I love being sore. It makes me alive. Especially when parts of your body are sore that you didn't even realize could be sore. When you're like, how did that hurt? Yeah. There's a muscle there? Always. There's always a new muscle. No matter how much stuff you do, there's always a new thing. You're like, damn, that's there, huh? Yeah. Bodies are cool. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. She's grumpy, but sort of playfully so. And not only that, she's willing to get back in the ring. All right, girl. Yeah, girl. We cut to Nesta two hours later, i.e. the end of her allotted training time. She's exhausted, but not seemingly enraged. So that's good. I'll take it. We'll take it. Take it as a win. As she collapses on the mat, Cassian does the thing in rom-coms. Where, like, he's out helping her stretch, uh, but, like, he's also uh, pushing his body into hers. Uh, and, like, whoa, they're totally touching, like, his belly button's oh on her God, thigh. God, yes. But technically, he's just helping her stretch. Or is that porns? Ooh. Oh. Oh, those kind of documentaries. Never seen one before. I, I don't know why I think this happens in movies. Maybe I'm thinking of, of porn. Well, I think, um, I mean, it does, uh, there's this, almost a scene in Gigli. Is that what you're referring to? No. And I think that but, that's when, oh, God, Gigli. Don't recommend it. I don't Surprisingly. Think any, does anybody recommend that movie? No. I, I rewatched it to see if it was still as bad as you think it is. And the answer is yes. 
Like, not fun bad. Just, not fun bad. Yeah. Just bad. But she's stretching in this one scene, and he's just like, ugh, ugh. And then, like, he, like, wants to help her, and she's just, like, essentially, like, don't touch me, I'm a lesbian. Oh, really? That's a whole, a big part of the movie is that, like, him being like, yeah, but I'm me. Ew. <laughs> yeah, it's real rough. Not to mention the other issues in Gigli, okay. which I'm not going to go down that road. Well, guess what? They were meant to be, I guess. They were meant to apparently. be. They were MFEO, made for each other. Allegedly. Um, so, <laughs> Are you saying their love is not pure? No, I'm not saying their love is not pure. He brings her donkeys all the time. And if that's not love, I don't know what is. I think a lot of other things could be love. Where's my donkeys? I'm just constantly screaming that towards you. You don't even want Dunkin' Donuts. No, I don't. I never, I I don't eat Dunkin' Donuts. But uh, what if I started to? When you scream that, does that just mean that you want you want love you want to be made yeah. love to where's my donkey I say yeah take a dunk a chunk and just <laughs> me just gyrating at him <laughs> uh, um let's see that's not what happens although he was dressed as a soul trapped in a child's doll's body all weekend and we still made it work oh it's a man in there. It's a yeah, criminal. There's a, man. There's, a, there's a man in there. There's a murderer and in there. And also my husband who's not a murderer. Or a child. Or a child. Or a doll. Or a doll. None of the above. So as they're going through this stretching, and they're definitely not thinking about how they're touching, Cassian talks about how soreness was never a thing that really goes away for her or anyone really ever. That He even has to rest for a week after a battle still. I know. His eyes found hers. And she clarified. I mean, I, I saw you in the war. Oh. She flashes back to those traumatic moments, and Cassian seems to see the pain in her eyes. He gently reminds her that this is his lot in life. It's just part of being a warrior, because oh. he can see that she's, like, like, haunted by the memory of it. Yeah. She doesn't seem to want to talk about it, so he changes subjects, telling her that she's nimble, even if inflexible. When she tells him that that's probably because she took dance lessons as a kid, oh. it launches them into a sum of Nesta's past. They're almost sharing thoughts and feelings. Well, this also goes to show, too, before we even read that, like, SJM most identifies with the character of Nesta, because SJM also used to dance, right? I can only assume because there's a lot of ballet references also in the other book. Yeah, that you would um, assume that she has. Yeah, I, I, I would take it as such. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe she was a, tr- a ballerina in training. Um, and that's why she understands how difficult and how horrible it is. But beautiful. <laughs> is it, can I say it's horrible and the best thing ever? Of course, I think there's lots of things that are that. That's true. I hear tale, that's what parenthood is. Probably. That it's horrible and difficult, but also, like, the most rewarding best thing ever. So I think, like, the best things are a little bit of both. Probably. I mean, think of how difficult it is to bang in a corset. I don't know. I'm not not entirely sure where that... Because you look so good, but it's like, but it's so difficult to wear, but it's like, but you look good and makes your tits go bump. So it makes it makes for the fuck, but then when you make the fuck, it's difficult. It's hard to make the it's fuck. It's hard to make the fuck. Yep. Isn't that one of this is what you can life's learn. greatest uh what's the thing? Oh my god. Lessons? 
I have not slept. Um, <laughs> greatest lessons? No, contrast. What's the thing where it's like, it's like a paradigm, but... Oh, uh, debacle. Con- I guess contradiction. Yeah, contradictions All work. Right. That's This is not good. This no, is not good this is beautiful. It's because <laughs> it's Halloween weekend. And what what have we been partying for a bit? Maybe. The answer is yes. I would feel better about myself if I was just hungover from partying, but... I'm hungover from seeing Killers of the Flower Moon, but we don't need to go down that road. Oh, God. No, not today, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> we weren't drinking. It was just it was just a lot of movie Four to take hours. in. So it did. I felt like I was drunk on movie afterwards. Yeah, too much movie. A little bit too much movie. Um, here we learn during this, like, well, she's sharing about her childhood. We learn a bit about Nessa's perspective of her father. And, you know, they had been rich until she was 14, but that she didn't feel cared for by her father. She was her, quote, mother's creature, according to what she tells. Therapy. It is therapy. Get her in therapy. If you refer to yourself as mother's creature, get therapy. That's all I'm saying. At least she acknowledges she's not in a sort of... Uh, toxic uh, positivity about her mom. My mom True. just really loved me and cared about me. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it didn't sound like she did. No, she used her. What's what it sounds like to me. She alludes to being. That's why she's the way she is. Cassian's like, what? 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 Me not know oh, what, what are you, you a mean? fucking huge horrendous bitch or something? No, I don't. <laughs> me not know what you say here. But honestly, it's a good. It's it's for the best. If, if he had said, "Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about." Right. Lord knows the wrath he could in, in snare. Yep, that's what I said. Words, 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 words. But Nesta's not too jazzed on having this discussion right now, so she blurts out the first thing she can think of, which is. What happened to the priestesses in Sangrava two years ago? Man, real horny question, Nesta. Mm. While he's like, hands are all over your body, it's like, this isn't the time to be talking about priestesses. It's almost like that's she's trying to avoid feeling. Priestesses! Yeah. Let me think of the worst thing I can think of right now. <laughs> think about what they went through. Ah! I'm not horny. Nope. Um, Nesta is thinking of Gwen, who has explained to Nesta her past, at least the, that much that she came from Sangrava. But whatever happened to get her landed in the library, she hasn't yet revealed to Nesta. Cassian goes still, and you can see the warrior part of him tense with rage. So it wasn't a fun day, I guess. No. He reveals that it was, in fact, Highburn. When the cauldron's pieces had been strewn about and they were searching for them, they discovered one of them was being kept in the Sangrava area right where Gwen lived. And unsurprisingly for those Hiberian bastards, they came through and they raped and pillaged every priestess they came across. Jesus Christ. Cassian understands after he explains all this that, ah, Nesta must have met one of them in the library. He reveals that he wasn't sure of the outcome of the survivors, but he had heard that Moore brought one of them to the library. And it turns out this one is Gwen. Azriel was the first one to show up, so Cass didn't meet her that day. Why am I bringing that up about Azriel? No reason. Later that day, Cassian and Mizan traveled to the spring court to conduct some business, and we find out that Cassian has seasonal allergies. Hey, they're just like us! It's very cute, honestly. They're nothing like us. That's right, big, strong Cassian can't handle pollen. Oh, it's the only thing to take down the big warrior. Ain't it always the way, though? Oh, my God. 
don't screw with allergies. I tell you what, I've got bad allergies. And then you, you sound all stuffed up. No one takes you seriously when you sound all stuffed up. Vishal, uh, could you help me with you? <laughs> and that's what I sound like. Uh, wait, I got to think the word I'm trying to think of. No, not paradigm. Um, whatever, you guys. What the fuck ever. It's fine. Fine, what's the word? <laughs> um... It'll come to me later on when I don't need it will. to. It will. So he is, they're both just in the spring court. They're, we're not sure what's exactly happening just yet, but Reese tells him to stop scratching. Like, you know, just a big, big old himbo, big loot. He can't stop. He's sniffling and scratching. And he's almost as though he's trying to guide Cassian through his courtiership, being like, you can't do this, bro. Yes. You have to come across unbothered. Aww. Cassian's like, I can't help it. But Reese and Cass aren't here to see Tamlin, even though they're in the spring court. Mm. They've chosen the forest here because they there aren't Fae guarding any of the spring court areas anymore. Not since Tamlin's been going through his depressive phase. No one wants to help him. He's being too angry. He's got to figure it out. But he won't take help either. No. He won't take it. Suddenly, Eris is there behind them. All sneers all the time. That's a sneer guarantee. That's a sneer guarantee. Yeah. We learn here that Eris is actually called for this meeting and Reese seems to be here at his request because if you'll recall, Cassian is actually the one been been tasked dealing with the Autumn Court mail. Uh, Eris being the brother working secretly as the spy against his father. Mm-hmm. When he and Cassian had spoken at the Band of Exiles crash pad a few episodes back, mm-hmm. Eris had warned him about the human queens and that his father was working with the young old bitch. Yes. The old young one? Oh, yeah. Old and young. Crone forever. Yeah. Eris is here today to say, hey. B- <laughs> hey, bussy, huh? I meant it's right. Hey, bussy. I, I meant to write, hey, buddy. Hey, bussy. <laughs> we got, I'm like, I don't think that's the right. <laughs> I think that's something different. The word. <laughs> My wife is about to write buddy. Hey, bussy. Said, hey, bussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't like it if he said that. Probably not. But Eris is here to say, hey, bussy. <laughs> we got to kill, kill them all. Kill them all. He's like, we got to get on top of these other queens. We've got to take them out. It's time. And Cassian's kind of shocked and fairly... And in fairness, he says, I think people might notice if we murder four yeah, if queens. You kill a bunch of queens. Yeah. I think it would just, I don't know, trigger another war. Eris is just like, I don't, we, we're out of time, dude. We don't like, we got fucking TikTok here. Um, Eris mentions his father really wants to weaken Prithian for a land grab and points out the very land they stand on in this moment is extremely vulnerable. That despite Rizan's visits, Tamlin is not getting any more sane. And in fact, is rumored to mostly be staying in his beast form on the lands and basically saying, my dad's going to come and take over this entire area and then he's going to be an even bigger piece of shit. Yeah, because he's going to have way more land. So if we look at the map. Huh? Wait. Take me to the map, Natalie. Take me to the map. How can you even see it? How Without the it? pointer. We're over here on the east side of Prithian. Autumn Court can connect right. Look at all this yeah, land. Yeah, take up all this spring court. What do we do with the season of spring then? Like spring does, doesn't exist anymore? I mean, it would get rid of his allergies. Right? Oh, come on. Come on. Um, 
Allergies joke. Yeah, guys. (laughs) Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, so they really got to, like, get their shit together. They do. and But really, the idea of just the, killing the four women is not really a good war plan. No, no. I think they got to think deeper than that. Probably. But Eris basically gives them a warning. You have only a few months before my father and Brialin start a new war. Cassian wants to know why Eris is doing all of this. He's just like, why Why are you, why do you want the, your father's land? Why are you working with us? And it begins an argument about Morrigan. Eris contends that he left her there unharmed, while Cassian argues that he left her there to die. Eris makes some more madding, maddeningly evasive comments about, oh, I did, did I though? But like, won't I like, expand on a it? a letter nailed into her body. So this is the great mystery of Eris and what you're, they're kind of it is alluding to a lot that so he, he saved her essentially from a lot of it? and he had to like my guess is what it would be is that he knew he had to mask as cruel yes to get her freedom and i think that he like got news to the Illyrians somehow to find her quickly. So he's not a good guy, but he's also not evil. That's my Shades guess. of gray. Oh, shades. shades of gray. So many fucking shades of gray. And then after, you know, after they, he leaves with this, but did I though? He winnows away. And then he's gone. He's just so annoying. He is annoying. Eris is so fucking annoying. But he's probably really hot. I'm sure he's really hot. Which probably makes him even more annoying in real life, right? Because you can just be annoying if you're hot. Although real life, I guess, is is human. Real life. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, over in Prithian. <laughs> you know, when we go there, guys. When we, guys. Um, we could. <laughs> Cassian can tell Reese is distracted after this meeting, and he tries to ask what's going on, but he just won't reveal anything. We cut over to Nesta on that same afternoon, having had her training hours and then her library work. She reflects on how she looked for Gwen all afternoon in the library, not sure of why she wanted to see her exactly now that she has learned a bit about her horrific past, but she doesn't cross her. She takes to the stairs in the evening, even in her weariness, to quiet her mind, getting to 150 steps down. When she gets back, the house has provided not only dinner and a smutty book, but has a bath running with scented oils. Oh, thank you. This this house is trying to see her naked. Yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely trying to get in there. Oh, is it he? Yeah, I think so. I always saw it as a woman. I mean, it would make more sense with the maternal uh, nature of the home, but that's not always the case. So maybe the house identifies as a house. I don't want to assume gender. Yes, you're right. I'm I'm sorry. You're right. The house Um, is a house. And I... um, A mouse is a mouse. Oh, don't even get me started. (laughs) (laughs) I know you have a few (laughs) mice. I got things to say. <laughs> You're in such a hot feud with mice right now. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have sex with a house, which is what I was about to say. But, I mean, if it was taking care of me so well, I'd give it a How show. would you even have sex with a house? I guess rub against the doorknobs? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that, is that the house, though? Because that seems like an accessory to the house. Oh, I guess it depends. I, like, So what would you have to do? Yeah, like, no. Like, put your breasts up against the fireplace and, like, go... I don't know which parts actually constitute the house and which parts are just attachments on the house. You might have to find a corner of the yeah, exterior. Yeah, just, like, rub against. I think so. All right. See, this is why we have to talk these things out in case we find ourselves in these situations. Let us know how you would have sex with How would you have sex with the house? <laughs> just like the movie Life as a House, which I don't think anyone gives a shit about, but I was in love with Kevin Kline, so... Hayden Christensen. <laughs> the heyday of oh, movie whatever. making, guys. Whatever. Was there never a My Strange Addiction where somebody was having sex with a house? There's got to be. There, I imagine. I think there was one where somebody was in love with a roller coaster. Yes, there totally was. Yeah. Which, like, honestly, I kind of get. Yeah. Roller coasters are sexy. And it gives you, like, that thrill yeah. of, of the thrill of passion, especially, like, if you're not feeling passion other places. Yeah. I mean, that's what they say about getting on a horse. But again, I'm scared of horses, so I don't know. I love a horse ride, but not sexually. Okay. Just to, everyone's clear. Clear in the air today. Not a lot sexually. of confessions today. She tells the house in this moment that after this house is basically tended to her, that the house may be her only friend. And that is a bit of vulnerability for Nesta. Yes. Granted, she's just talking to an empty room, but it does seem to be that the house can understand her words. So this is progress for it her. It certainly is. The house seems to think so, too, as it gives her a big piece of chocolate cake while she sits in the tub. Man, I will compliment you all day if you're going to get me chocolate pop cake. pop a cake in there. I'm not even that big of a cake fan, and I'd still do anything But if it cake. just, like, manifested while you didn't relaxing, know you were you're like, oh, okay. Oh, my God, I'd eat so much cake if it manifested while I was relaxing. This is why we can't have a sentient home. It's bad for both of us. I'm glad we're talking this through. Yeah, impulse control. It's hard. If it's a house just giving you everything. At the start of Chapter 15, Nesta is in the library doing her duties the next day, and we find her at the slope towards the seventh level. It seems someone has needed her to shelve a book on the sixth floor, and the floors go downward in this instead of up, like most 
normal places. Mm-hmm. So she is at the edge of the darkness and she's just staring down into it. And it almost seems to have form. The dark is so all encompassing as the ramp slopes down towards the floor below her. She can't even see a hint of the level itself, only the deepest form of dark she's ever encountered, except for once, deep inside that endless cauldron. The black seems to be calling her name, whispering, and she's unable to move. Yikes. Then suddenly, her name is actually called out behind her, and Nesta whirls to find Gwen behind her. Nesta's unsure of what to say, about why she was standing there staring into the dark, but Gwen only asks what she saw. I mean, when you're staring into the dark like that, you can see absolutely anything. And sometimes you get creeped out by the dark. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Nesta. No. She doesn't want to show any kind of vulnerability. No, she doesn't care for that. But yes, I think most people would be kind of concerned about going to a pitch black darkness. Yeah. No, thank you. She then goes on to explain, Gwen goes on to explain to Nesta that many priestesses have encountered sights and sounds from down below. Some even say the darkness followed them back to their dorms. Though, like Clotho has said, it has never harmed any of them. Nesta, who's now shaking and affected, said that she only saw pure darkness. Gwen, seeing that Nesta is not well, leads her away. She warns her not to look back in the dark as they walk, which, of course, Nesta immediately turns to look behind her. And Gwen has to pinch her and says, again, don't look and kind of hurries her away. I'm just so not that guy. If someone tells me not to do it, like, I won't do it. But even if, okay, but you don't get that, like, if you're, there's something at your back and it's scary. But if someone tells me, like, don't look or else it will follow, like, I don't think I would look. Oh, so it follows, you would be okay because you would just, like, not. Like, I know it's behind me, but I just need to, like, let it go. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the best way to do but I'm, I get that, like, spook, especially sometimes in the middle of the night, like, turn the lights off if I'm in the house by myself, you know. And then do you ever just get that, mem- like, mu- like that thought of just, like, what if there's a monster right behind me? And then I'm like, ah, oh, ah, oh. And I have to, like, go faster. Bro, it makes me think of that part in The Shining, which is why it's so crazy to me that they cut out the whole hedge maze, like, the uh, oh, hedge the, animals the part book. of The Shining, yeah. which is, I think, the scariest part of the book. Because, like, every time he turns around, the animal, like, hedges move. And they're coming closer and closer. And I remember reading that part and just being like, this is horrifying. Yeah. I think it's just so many of Stephen King's scenes, they don't translate. They can't translate. A hundred percent. They're so much scarier in your mind. Which is why I'm glad they never tried to translate House of Leaves. Because I think they talked about making House of Leaves into a show for a while. Oh, I don't know. And like, that's another one that it's like, you feel like you're being watched while you read the book. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to make that work. Yes, I love scary books. Me too. Nesta wants to know if whatever it is is following them. And Gwen pulls out the priestess stone, which is glowing. And it's the one that they normally wear on their forehead, um, but she never has it on her forehead. But, like, Nesta notices that it's, like, radiating light in that moment. Um, Sick. But that we learn in this scene that it's called an invoking stone, and it gives them a source of magic that's only shielding, never harmful. And... Gwen says that hers is in that moment shielding them from whatever darkness is down there. Nesta wants to know what's calling to her down there since Briaxis is gone. Gwen doesn't know, and Nesta tells her she feels it may be something even more ancient than Briaxis. Here in this scene, Nesta and Gwen discuss Nesta's turning, some of which Gwen knew from the whispers throughout the priestesses after. So basically, she got rumors about Nesta, about what happened to her, but they haven't really discussed it yet. And so Nesta's sort of revealing 
parts of things that Gwen might know a little bit already. Mm. But it's like important for Nesta to like speak on it. And she yes. also she ends up speaking about Elaine, which she barely has in this book since they're currently not speaking to each other really. But she must miss her. They were very, you know, they were very close and like as as close as Nesta can be to another person. Right. It feels like they were that close. But she probably would not admit admit to that at any no. point right now. So no. But she does bring her up, which is, again, like very it's a very vulnerable thing for her to do with Gwen. And maybe she feels as though it's only fair because she had had part of Gwen's story revealed to her. Yeah. Um, But this is a huge thing for her. Um, She admits to Gwen that a piece of the cauldron lives in her. That she she took some back with her. That's oh my god, thing. is she verbally processing something right she now? She is, and she's she's being intimate with somebody. <gasps> Good for her. I know. And as they speak, a priestess scurries by, looking afraid. Gwen tells Nesta that it's a, a priestess named Riven who's been here for eighty years and still can't interact with outsiders. <sighs> Yeah, it's a bummer. This shakes yeah. Nesta to her core because she's like, 80, 80 fucking years? years? How am I supposed to How am I supposed to just go and punch with this hot man, hot male, and suddenly I'm going to be okay? This woman can't, this female? I appreciate what Reese has done by giving them a place for them to be able to be and, and be, I mean, for all, for all that they hope safe inside of. But like... Again, a little bit of therapy or like something that like like rather than just like being in the dark all the time. Well, to work on a little bit of this stuff <laughs> might help. Gwen, 80 years. Gwen alludes to that they do have resources available. So I don't know what that means. Yeah. But she tells also tells Nesta in that moment that she's not sure if Riven's ever tried to do any of those things that they have the resources they have because they don't gossip about one another. So she doesn't know. If what do you talk this. about then? If you ain't you gossiping down there. Oh, my God. I got to gossip. Give me the tea. Give me something. You got to reflect and you got to sing. Ugh. And you got to. I mean, I'll around. sing. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they've got a stage down there? Uh-huh. They have little variety shows every night. See that I could get into. I think they do. Oh, they're all like telling jokes and being working on being puppeteers, <laughs> like working through their therapy. I hope like, so, what have you gone through? Oh no, I've gone through nothing but my puppets been through some bad things. <laughs> I guess that's healthy. I don't think so. <laughs> my puppets angry a lot. <laughs> As they continue to talk. Their conversations turn to Nesta's morning trainings, and Nesta explains without going into too much detail her daily schedule and why she's there. Basically, again, giving Gwen a little bit of information, saying, I was given an ultimatum. So that's all I'm going to say right now. Yep. Gwen is, seems, seems intrigued, but she realizes she's been sitting talking to Nesta when she has work, and she scrambles up. She again tells Nesta to stay away from the darkness. Again, the goss. This, she needs it. She's desperate for it. I know. Uh, but, you know, at least Nesta's giving her own gossip about herself. Yes. So she tells her again to stay away from the darkness since they don't know how it, it will interact with that bit of cauldron in her like calls to like, she says. But in that moment, it's also very clear to Nesta that Gwen is not afraid of her all of a sudden or, been, or like, you're a mall, you're scary, you're a creep. She just like, stay away from there, be safe. And I think that that probably was really, you know, the, that affected Nesta in a positive way. It's almost like she's holding out her hand. 
Her friend hand. Friend hand, friend hand. Gwyn turned on her heel, blue flashing in her hand. The sight of that blue made Nesta blurt. Why don't you wear that stone on your head like the others? Gwyn pocketed the gem. Because I don't deserve to. Girl. Come on, girl. What'd you do? What'd you do, Gwen? I think you probably deserve it. I'm sure you do. Give me it. I'll wear it. I want the show. like, I ate my daughter. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Well, I guess that's bad. (laughs) But, you know, we can all be healed with time. (laughs) I put a dog in it. In a wood chipper. Whoa. I mean, hopefully it was a bad dog. (laughs) You know, looking for the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was a Cujo. We talked about Stephen King earlier. Oh, yeah, maybe it was. That's why she's haunted, because she had to kill the dog, but the dog was... She killed a dog still, you know. Yeah, so or maybe a, she, she, was, walk she was in maximum overdrive, and she didn't understand why all of the, the cars trucks. and all the... Why everything was coming to life. No one, not even Stephen King, knows what's going on in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite lore about him. I love that. Is that he was so gacked out directing that movie, he has no memory he of it. He doesn't remember it. And also, if you watch it, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. If you haven't ever watched it or haven't seen it since, like, Get you know, a group the 90s, of friends together. It's... Definitely somebody directing it on cocaine, that's Dude. for sure. Yeah, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning, Nesta and Cassian are back in the training ring, and Nesta is doing more wretched balancing and stretching. Ugh. Though that sounds like a, to me, I think that sounds fun. I love getting high and stretching. I love it's it. It's one of my favorite things to do. Just smoke half a dupe and just be like, I'm just going to stretch for like 35 it's minutes. It's really good for you. Oh, oh, I love it's good for your body. It gets your blood flowing. It gets all the crap out of your muscles. It It's good for you. Mobility Get it out of there. Do it. Um, it's good for your mental health. All of it. Um, as she's complaining, Cassian tells her if she finishes her reps, he'll tell her about what she's just inquired of in this moment. If he actually enjoys any of this bullshit. She's too intrigued to hear his answer to not finish, and so she does. And then as she's getting a drink of water, Cassian begins to tell his tale, starting out with his mother's tragic pregnancy. Some of it's new info to us as well. We knew that he was a bastard, but he also reveals that she was forced to give birth alone in a tent in the middle of winter because of the shame of the pregnancy outside of their marriage tradition. That'll really teach her, guys. Oh, good. Especially because, just like in so many times in our human Earthside world, it's because the dude just, like, abandoned her. Yeah. uh, And that's why she was a single mother. uh, But it's her fault. So, you know, that's cool. Great. No matter that she was, you know, again, the guy who apparently who fathered uh, Cassian uh, assaulted his mother. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And he already had a wife and kids. So, yay. She can see the rage behind his eyes, but he explains that Rizan has made rules severe for anyone taking from someone in that way, even if it came too late for Cassian's mom. Because instead of that man being punished, she was punished as like the bad guy in it. Um, while his mother was forced into servitude, he was taken from her at age three to begin training in Windhaven. While he was still too young to do anything, his mother died in that camp. 
where the one, if you'll recall, he stood during A Court of Frost and Starlight, the camp that he had raised to the ground after he was capable of it. Which I get, dude. Yeah, got to do it. Some, sometimes you got to rip a campground. Just to, to, destroy to, it. Yeah, just rip it to destroy shreds. It. He tells her that during all of this, during the agony of realizing what had become of his mother, the training was a centering force to him. Um, he tells her that when he had a bad day and all of, you know, he was abused, even though it was, you know, he was taken away from the shame of his mother and put into Winhaven, you know, being a bastard was really fucking terrible. And, and he was beat up and like left in the cold. And, you know, whenever he went through the stuff with Reese and all that, he couldn't do anything to help. The training is a steadying force. And I think that that is really true and a ritual of sorts that's, you know, whatever that is for people. If it's like meditation, if it's physical activity, I know it's some of y'all love church or whatever. Yeah, it's whatever you connect with. Yeah. And so that is this sort of ritual that helped him get through. And he's explaining that to Nesta. And it also helped Feyre, which, you know, she doesn't want to hear probably. No. She watched the wall rise in his eyes, word after word, as if he waited for her to rip it down, rip him down. Make of that what you will, but it's true. Oily shame slithered through her. She'd done that, brought this level of defensiveness to him. Whoa, Nesta's feeling shame. Brene Brown would be so proud of <laughs> She's perhaps realized in this moment her words have impacted him to the point that he thought she may mock him for this horrible trauma. That's just how much of a bitch you've been, Nesta. Yeah. And I think in her mind, she saw it as her defenses. But it, and what it is in reality is more just cruelty towards yeah. other people. She sees the sorrow in his eyes and says with interest, show me another set of moves because she knows that'll make him, make him feel happy. nice. Later that evening. Also I, big thing for her to do something to make somebody else feel nice. I know. Like that's this. I mean, leaps and bounds, guys. I know. Maybe everybody needs locked up in a mountain for a couple months. With a sentient house. Yes. And a hunk. Yeah. That's teaching you how to stretch. <laughs> That's what we all need. Please. <laughs> Later that evening, the house has left her another smutty book. Don't tell me you somehow read these. She leafed through the volume on her nightstand. In answer, two more books thumped on the surface, each one utterly filthy. Nesta let out a small chuckle. It must get awfully dull up here. A third book plopped atop the others. Nesta laughed again, a rusty, hoarse sound. <laughs> <laughs> She couldn't remember the last <laughs> She couldn't remember the last time she'd laughed. A true belly deep laugh. <laughs> but even if the house was appeasing her even if the house was appeasing her reading appetites, it wants her to go to the dining room for dinner. She wants to try to eat in a room again. And Nesta protests. But the house only swings her bedroom door open wider. She's annoyed, but hunger wins the fight, and she makes her way to the dining room. She finds Cassian already there eating. 
and is struck by the sight of him in the sunset. Oh. Talk about romantic. I know. What are they on a cruise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's not that romantic. Oh, you're right. Nothing's more romantic than a than royal a cruise. Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone knows it's the sexiest of vacations. Sponsor us. Yes, and is, that a, is there an Akatar cruise? Oh, yeah, you know they're known for their boats. I don't think they're just going to be an Akatar cruise. Pleasure yeah. barge. Pleasure barge. That would be pretty And fun. we have been talking about cruises a lot. I think we have to go on a cruise. Our family keeps talking about them. Something wants to take us to sea. Some, <laughs> the mother. Yeah. Cauldron. The, yeah, the mother calls us to the sea. Yeah. That's why we have to do it. <laughs> I if the need mother a calls us, Yeah, can we write it off if the mother calls us to yeah. do it? I think so. All right, good. I'll ask, I'll ask All right, we'll ask the accountant. So she joins him where he's already in the dining room having dinner, and they begin to converse. And though she doesn't think it, it's almost like they are beginning to have a rapport. She tells him of yesterday's encounter with the darkness at the bottom of the library. He looks slightly faint, and she remembers that he had seen Briaxis before, even though that Briaxis is gone now. And that all we know from that experience is from what Reese has said, and that whatever it was had shaken him to his core but he refuses to tell anyone what he saw. So do you think he like he saw like his inner demons? Like do you think it was like what Feyre saw when she looked in the mirror? Maybe cuz he basically goes on to explain to Nesta that it's not about, you know, like petty phobias is what the quote is. Yeah. Um is that it's like your worst fear. So I was kind of thinking like maybe he saw like his mom like mangled or something oh, like, like watching that. like that kind of stuff happen. Oh. Oh. Get me out of the library. Get me out of here. That's um, probably what he said. He watched it. <laughs> I gotta get, get out of here. And then a taxi cab showed up. <laughs> when he mentions that it was worse than any monster he's put into the prison, she feels a stab of guilt and thinks that she may have been one of those monsters to him. She hesitantly asks him about the monsters he's put away, and he reveals that the fae tales that human children talk about with uh, their parents about fairies who eat little children and kill and maim are true, or at least exist as cautionary tales to the human children against some of the most ancient magical creatures that stalk their planet. So it is true, all of those fairy tales. He launches into a story of some of the worst he's he himself has dealt with Lanthus, who could turn into wind and often appeared as mist. That's got to be so annoying to battle. Um, you're just like, stop being wind. Get uh, back here. Uh, stop being wind. Just like with the sword. Just like, come back, come back here. Come back here. Which is what the problem with it is, which is why uh, Cassian had to use his wit. Quick wit. Whoa. Yeah, look at him. Not necessarily what he's known for. You know, but hey, he did it. He did it enough. He, he had it. enough wit to get that to guy get into that the prison. that fucking Lanthus in there. Um, and we learn, actually, that the bog are his offspring, which is cool. Uh, the Lanthus' offspring. Yeah, Lanthus', yeah. not Cassian's. That would be weird. <laughs> that would like, be weird. Like, whoa. Uh, that's dangerous. You should stop coming. <laughs> yeah, stop making them. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Those scary as they are, they are nothing, the bog are nothing compared to him and that he, quote, feasts on fear and pain and flesh. And then he tells Nesta that he could never have bested him with strength. So he had to trick him into a mirror before throwing him into the pits of prison. That sounds like a myth or a fable for sure, but I couldn't specifically place it. But there are obviously a lot of superstitions and traditions involving mirrors and bad spirits. They trap it. Yeah, many cultures. I also know you're supposed to wear, we've got the mirror towards our front door. Yeah, you're supposed to have a mirror facing your front door to keep out um, bad bad, demons and things like that. And we've got the broom over the the doorway. And we have got a cinnamon broom. We replace it every year. I do need to replace a broom. Get a cinnamon broom. Um, we had brick dust under the Oh, doormat. yeah, under the doormats. Yeah. Lots of we things. believe in all these things. I think it can't hurt. Yeah. Um, why not? I know. If it helps you, help, helps defend you in your home, why not do it? Yeah, do it. Um, but, yeah, so the, the Romans also believed a soul could become trapped in a mirror if the mirror wasn't handled in the way they thought a mirror should be handled. I don't know what the fuck that means. Like um, this. <laughs> yeah, they give it a little kiss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been kissing the mirrors. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there's stuff like sitting Shiva in the Jewish tradition, which you is cover the cover mirrors, the mirrors. Yes. Because they think bad spirits can come through in those, like, vulnerable moments. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, that's just a little little fun little mirror talk. Mirror talk. I won't pretend to be an expert in any of that because I don't, I, I don't know. But um, Casting reveals that he's most afraid of Lanthus escaping. That's like the scariest monster to him in the prison, though he doesn't believe it's possible. Unless you're Amran, of course, then mm. you can get out. He mentions another he's put away, Seven-Headed Lubia, which could be a reference to one of the beasts from Revelation. Oh. The third beast is a scarlet colored monster with seven heads ridden by the whore of Babylon. Oh my god, Betty from Riverdale? Betty from Riverdale when the when the apocalypse came was the whore of Babylon in the sixth season when Riverdale got biblical. I'm not joking. 
<laughs> I miss Riverdale. <laughs> I miss it. Well, despite the uh, the river da- Riverdale, Riverdale. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that sounded wrong. Despite the Riverdale reference, Lubia being ridden by the whore of Babylon. Stop making hell sound so cool. Yeah, it sounds. Why bad. don't you Bible? Imagine just being a hoe strapped to a seven-headed dragon killing people. I love that. I actually kind of want to make that my Halloween costume next year. That's awesome. Oh, I'm the whore of Babylon. Can you go as the whore of Babylon for Halloween? I guess you can. I don't know what. I guess you'd have to ride the seven-headed dragon. Yeah, get one of those, like... Things that you wear on your waist and it looks like the legs. Oh, oh yeah, the legs. legs are around it. Yeah, and you're riding it. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Um, Blue Anis liked slow torture. Another one, Blue Anis. She likes slow torture of little girls. Anis is Greek for satisfaction. And there's also a D&D character species called Anis Hags. Whoa. We learn that the big scary... Uh, scar that Nesta saw on Cassian's chest when she was merely staring at his chest for educational purposes. I mean, how before. is she supposed to know how to stretch? I know. If she's not looking at the V that goes down yeah, to his pee Yeah, the V looks like it's pointing to the thing she wants. Yes. Um, so that big scary scar, it turns out, came from this creature who had nearly made it to Cassian's heart with her claws until Azriel intervened. He tries to tell her about another creature when Nesta cuts him off. She's heard enough. She says as much and wonders aloud how one can sleep at night knowing such horrors. He tells her it's basically compartmentalization. It helps. It does. Sometimes you got to. Nesta longs internally to have that skill. Yeah. To be able to have the traumas but still function. Just put them over here. Yeah. Put them away, man. Cassian returns to the subject of the darkness in the library and asks her if she thinks it's calling to her because of her powers. And not the right thing to say, Cassian. She tries to brush it off, saying absurdly that she doesn't have any powers. Girl. Literally no one is buying this line. Yeah, dude. We know you're very powerful, bro. He challenges her, noting there seems to be a handprint burned into the solid stone in the staircase. That's so weird because he's saying you don't have any powers. And yet, that, somehow, the stone has a handprint in it. Oh, interesting. From somebody else. Uh, yeah, I guess some other person's staying at the House of Wind with them. She spits that he... Well, why doesn't he just lock her up in the prison then? Because she's such a piece of shit monster. Oh, my God. Well, now you're being you're very being dramatic. dramatic. She's getting very defensive. Their heightened words become a full fight where he tells her that her crazy powers need honed, not ignored. And when she dodges it again, he asks what happened between her and Amran. So he's just throwing it out all on the table. I mean... Now, now we're going here. If, if fisticuffs. Fisticuffs with the words. <laughs> Nesta does what she does, rises from the table to walk away from this line of questioning. Run, girl, I guess. Why does any of this matter to you, Cassian? He calls her dismissal of him bullshit. And she's like... I get it. You all hate me. Now I'm going to leave, okay? Cassian shot from his seat, blocking her path to the door in three strides. She'd forgotten how fast he was, how graceful despite his size. He glowered down at her. It never mattered to me whether you took half the cauldron's power or a drop. It still doesn't matter. His features turned stark. Why did you stay at my side when we went up against the King of Highburn during that last battle? As if that were an answer. She couldn't bear it, this talk, the expression on his face. Because I was a stupid fool. She shoved past him. 
He calls her out for being afraid. She denies it, and he says, you're a fucking liar. You are scared. This sets her anger enough that she stops in her tracks and turns her rage back to face him. Before she can do anything to stop it, she's realizing he's riled her up on purpose, is in fact smiling at her, and he's less angry and more feral, shall we say? (laughs) That he can see her roiling power in her eyes when she's angry, and he wants her to know he's not afraid of it or of her. Dare I say even excited by it? Goosh, 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 goosh. Nesta is shook, but still steps to pass him in the doorway, but he won't move. Another step, and they're inches apart. (gasps) He stares and stares at her. Beautiful, he says. He didn't halt the hand she laid on his muscled chest, or when she pushed against that chest, backing him into the wall, his wings splaying on impact. He just stared and stared at her, marveling, hungry. Ooh, it's getting more caliente in here. Almost to the point where it's too awkward to talk about with you sitting next to me. Oh, do you not want to look in my general direction? No. He leans into her and whispers in her ear some stuff about going to his knees before her. Nesta is affected. (laughs) He whispers sweet nothings into her ear and her back arches as he says her name. Good gravy! They're only joined at where her hand is bunched into his shirt, but she lets him graze her neck with his nose. (laughs) She panics, knowing she's making a mistake, but she can't make herself move away from his body. Cassian's hands remained at his sides, though. As if waiting for her to give permission. Oh, consent! Uh, What's up, consent? <laughs> Nesta pulled her head back, away, just enough to see his features. Her knees nearly wobbled at the desire blazing in them. Liquid, unrelenting desire, all fixed upon her. Let's just say she's feeling it. Yeah, And I would say that maybe he's feeling it as well. Yes. And Cassian can tell that she's feeling it too. (laughs) Oh my God. Consent King. Again, she panics and goes to remove her hand. But Cassian knows it's not because she doesn't want to be here. Nesta began to withdraw her hand from his chest. But he slid his own atop it. Rubbed his thumb over the back of her hand. And just that graze of calloused flesh had her grinding her teeth. Unable to think to breathe. Before he releases her hand, he lets her know he's going to be thinking about that look on her face that night. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. Waiting for it for so long. I don't even know what I'd do if I had a guy that I had a crush on when I was younger said that to me. I'm pretty sure I'd turn into dust. Like, yeah. I think I would just, like, completely, like, crumple on the inside of myself and just, like, just turn into a pile of dust. And honestly, what a way to go. I know. Push me push me into the sea. Get, yeah, way. man. Get rid of me. I, I, that's, that's everything. I'm spent. Oh. Oh. Later that night, we're with Nesta in her room and she's tossing and turning. Cassian's words are running through her thoughts over and over. And the thought of Cassian in his own bed, quote, sprawled out like a dark king <laughs> is enough that she asks the house to come back at dawn, which I don't think it works like that. But whatever makes you feel better, Nesta, the house is not going anywhere. 
Then she. Oh my God, don't. She don't. masturbates. Oh my God, it's not a bad thing. Everyone should be masturbating and it's good and it's beautiful to explore yourself. Don't look she at me now. She masturbates, Natalie. okay? She masturbates. How dare you sexualize? <laughs> How dare you sexualize her masturbation? How dare you? While she thinks about him being sprawled out like a dark king, thinking about her face. Yep. Oh. The next morning. Oh, my God. Even just the something about the calloused flesh, too. Like, oh, my God. I mean, SJM loves to talk about calloused fingers. Oh, my God. She knows. The next morning, we're with Cassian. And he's lost some of his late night swagger in the punishing morning light. He said some pretty dirty things to her last night, but now they have to go to training. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not even drunk when this happens. Dude. Full so I mean I will say my husband first person that I've dated like as a a way more sober adult and it's very terrifying if you were an alcoholic for most of your adult life to start dating someone who is a sober human being and it's like but you're going to remember everything and you really kind of have to change how you live and how you date when you go from being an alcoholic to dating someone that doesn't uh, drink. Probably for the better. Oh, yes. <laughs> Way more for the better. But I will say it's things like that that you see them the next day and you're like, oh, my God, you remember all of the, like, vulnerable things that I that I also said while I was sober, which makes you even more embarrassed. Being a bit of Vanessa right now. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying I get you, Nesta. And I can't imagine training the next day. No, that would be a oh. Um, And Cassian's kind of also feeling this. She was already, Nesta was already at the table uh, that morning when he arrives to the dining room and he tries not to think of the number of times he had to take care of things. Taking care of business. He's just like Bachman Turner Overdrive. Just, (laughs) just, that's all he was Just the same. (laughs) Uh, The night before, that is. uh, Also this morning. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They both regard each other awkwardly as Cassian asks what she's reading. He sees her cheeks flush as she responds that it's a romance novel. I get it. They're both quite distracted, and when he asks her what it's about, she responds that the book is about a book. (laughs) But neither of them really react to that as they are both trying not to think about how much they masturbated (laughs) last night. Thinking about Nesta in that state sends Cassian to attention. Oh, yeah. He realizes he needs to get this under control before he begins training her, as it's highly inappropriate. Please, Cassian, come on. See, now's the time that it would be good to be a book reader, an avid reader, so you'd have a prop. You put the book over it. Put the book over it. Book over it. That's what I hear tale of what happens when you're going through puberty. I'm so happy that people don't know when I'm horny. I know. know I've said this before. No, it's true. I'm just so happy that no one can smell it. No one can, like, see it i'm yep. just i'm very happy to not have it and not to deal with it it is one of the things that i'm grateful for i know we're like oh it's hard to be with a vagina it's hard to be somebody with ovaries and all that but i'm glad that i don't have a boner yeah you know? yeah, yeah 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 it would be fun to play with don't sure. get me wrong give me a week with one. Oh, right but like it's just i'm glad that i don't have to worry about holding a like or that or how many times like you would i remember being in high school seeing someone put their textbook on their lap literally just because they got a boner in the middle of class yep and then you screamed boner! boner he's hard they're hard i see a hard dick <laughs> Shame them. That's what we say. That's what we've learned from this book series. You gotta shame them. That's a good way to start a king. Yeah, man. Um, So he wants to 
he wants to get out of the room, but he's kind of trapped, if you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. right now. Where the fuck was Az when he needed him? Cassian had played Buffer for more for years. Where the fuck was she when he needed her? I thought that was just a cute line. So cute. Like, Someone help me. Someone help me. I'm trapped in the seed. I'm trapped in the seed with a boner. <laughs> I find this scene so endearing for both of them. He realizes that he has to risk her seeing how she affects him to escape the room because he thinks he may make a fool of himself if she looks at him with heat in her eyes again. After he makes an excuse and darts out of the room, we cut to a Nesta POV where she's alone at the breakfast table staring into her breakfast. The book, Nesta repeated to herself, staring at her porridge, is about a book. (laughs) She cupped her forehead in her hands. Idiot! (laughs) Idiot! (laughs) The book is about a book! so stupid! Why would I say it? I love that we see this little piece of Nesta. She works so hard to be an unbothered ice queen that it connects the reader to her being so relatable. Hashtag relatable. It's, it is. This is a part like definitely starting to see her frost melt a little bit is mm-hmm. when I started liking this book. Because at first I was very frustrated. I know I've said this already. Oh, yeah. I was very frustrated with this book and how much how stubborn she was being. But now we get to a point where like, OK, it's worth it to watch the melting. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that she might have looked silly in front of Cassian bothers her in a way that would maybe translate into being, oh, I have feelings for this person and I don't want them to make for them to see me looking silly. Um, so it's she, a part of love. It is. Sometimes you have to be vulnerable and you have to be silly when you're in love. You have to look like a fool. So she'd be happy to know that all Cassian was thinking about was his dick in that moment. So she needn't be worried about what she said. But she convinces herself that he seemed regretful of their interaction the night before. And I think that gives her a little help in like refocusing on the training in the morning. She's like she thinks she saw him like express emotional regret for the things he said. Uh. Like whatever. She's like, even though I did see a boner, I'm pretty sure I saw a boner. And, and again, that's all he was thinking about. Yeah. Um, when she gets up to the ring, he's already there. And he she's semi-relieved to see that training Cassian has turned on. Not the, I'm about to take you on this table, Cassian. I'm down with either one. <laughs> not you in the ring. Me. Not in the ring. Not in the ring, Jackie. But there's still a tonal change between them, one that's slightly more familiar and playful than before. When he says they'll be working on core today, she looks stunned. And Cassian quickly corrects himself to mean abdominals because clearly Nesta's mind went elsewhere. Filthy mind. He flicked her cheek. Too much smut. She batted him away and gestured to the muscles hidden beneath his shirt. You're going to make me look like this? His low laugh rippled over her body. No one can look like this but me and us. Arrogant ass. So this is officially flirtatious behavior. Oh, we in flirt season, y'all. We're in flirt zone. My friends, we are in flirt zone. It is also a splash zone, so definitely get out your tarps. Splash zone's coming up soon. Yeah! <laughs> when Nesta teases him that she doesn't see any more muscle on him than Reese or Az, he tells her he might have a couple she just can't see. Good lord! She actually lets a laugh out, and Cassian stares at her in a way, in such a way, at that laugh coming from her that she quickly 
changes and like demands to start training because he like I think he's like looking at her. Oh yeah, man. Know? Oh yeah, he's looking. She she never sees her laugh ever. Well, and also like how attractive is it? I mean, for me, I guess I can't speak for everyone, but like I think it's really hot when someone laughs. Oh, I yeah. think it's like like wa- finding what they find joy in like is such a hot thing to watch as you get to know a person. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, he never gets to see her laugh, and uh, you know his dick did a little twin, and he went no twin down. He went get down, get down, get down, get down. Um, thinking about the priestesses, thinking mangled, about anything else. Mangled mother, yeah. mangled mother. <laughs> um. We cut to later in the same session, and Nesta is ruminating on how much she hates ab workouts. Cassian is teasing her for being weak, and she challenges him to do all the stuff she did if he's so strong. And he laughs and says a 10-year-old Illyrian can do the stuff she just did and begins to do his regular routine shirtless. And whatever, girl, you know you were doing. You know. She's like, why don't you just show me if, uh, yeah, right, you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I Doubt it. Yeah, let me see it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nessa notes that he's all business, but she herself can't help but watch him move. Yeah, man. He may be, he may be being professional, but she's wondering if his panting sounded like that the night before. <laughs> she also thinks about all those monsters he's captured and figures that he will become a thing of legend when he finally dies one day. Warriors would want to be him. A fine warrior would be known as Cassian Reborn. She'd called him a brute. Look at that. There's shame again, Shame Nessa. again. Good work. Shame. Yes. Take it. A little bit of shame going go a long way. And it I can. think this is, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of shame in what you do. Yeah, not always. No. Some things are shamed that shouldn't be. Correct. But it shame is a part of healing. And for anyone, and recognizing how you affect another person is right. an, is a part of healing. As because well. no matter what, even if you're not like a bad person, sometimes the stuff you go through affects other people, mm-hmm. and then you have to realize, oh, I was behaving poorly. Oh, because he's of my been feelings. called an Illyrian bastard his whole life, and, and then you call him that, call him a brute. Like it's like you're, yeah, you're being a bitch. You're being a bit of a bitch. Um, but she's getting there. She's figuring it out a little bit. She, um... Melting snow. <laughs> what is this, the spring court? Spring melting I hope not. He's going to sneeze all over. Yeah. <laughs> Get those allergies out of here. Watching him led another train of thought to go through her. So she's watching him do all of his moves. And suddenly she wants to know if there are any female Illyrian warriors at all. And she asks him. Not really, he says. They try, and so far it's been a, a, a bit of a rough go. But he tells her that it's a project of his and Reese's and that they will continue to fight the culture of the Illyrians to allow women who want to train in. Goosh, again. I know. He further explains it's not just the brutality of the training, but the culture of the Illyrians is not, we would call it patriarchal, mm. I guess. Um, and the social hierarchy is really rough, not to mention the blood rights. Nessa doesn't know the blood rights, so we get a full description here. Um, it's basically, you know, we, we learned some already that there is this right that happens that uh, an Illyrian, as he comes into his power in his 20s, he can qualify for this thing that all of the vi- different villages and clans do. 
they send a, like a handful of uh, of their own warriors to this thing and they get they get taken out to this the Illyrian mountains the Ramiel is the main mountain and they have to stay there for a week and survive and try to make it to the top of the mountain while they're all trying to like kill each other yeah it's a murder hike yes it's murder no, hike no thank you yeah. yeah i'm good i'm all right i mean i know maybe that's there's a reason why i'm not a warrior um, but I uh, think uh, I'll pass. I don't think it sounds great. No, thank you. Um, no, I am strong in my own right. I don't need to make it to the top of the mountain. No, you're strong of others. Thank you. Of wits. Of, of wits. Merits. Of mirth. Oh. You're strong physically, too. You're very healthy. Oh, thank you. I'll jump over this table right now. Oh, God, please. <laughs> From here, jump to... Oh, that would be scary. We're going to have to take, take Tiffany to the hospital. Tiffany! Um, so, yeah, Ramiel is their sacred mountain, the one that is on the insignia that we all know so well yes. now. The three stars on the insignia are called Arctos, Corinth, and Orestes. And they line up perfectly over the, blood, uh, over the mountain during the blood rite, which is what you see on the insignia for the night court. And Arctos, they're all Greek references. Arctos is a centaur in Greek myth. Carinth is a different spelling for a biblical, uh, like a an ancient Greek city. And Oratus, spelled slightly differently, is a minor figure in Greek mythology. So anyway, the blood rite is basically murder hiking. Mm-hmm. Uh, every band of Illyrians again sends all of the the groups of men to this rite, and they are essentially taken there, um, almost like kidnapped style, and their wings are bound, and they can't fly, and they aren't allowed to have weapons. But they have to figure out how to make weapons out of whittling, I guess. Yeah, and and and, and sticks. Oh, maybe they if they can kill an animal and make bone, they make a, get a bee's nest <laughs> and put it on their head. Wait, how does that help anybody? You don't want to get close to the bees. <laughs> Man, get let's, me out there, guys. Maybe brainstorm a little bit longer. <laughs> all right, I'm not ready to be sent yet. All right. I'll come up with a few more ideas. Okay. Um, the conditions are also bad on top of everything else, and there are massive animals that live in the land surrounding the mountainside that like to eat Illyrians. Um, so whoever's left, basically, you want to just stay alive. The goal is to get to the top of Ramiel, but there's only been a dozen warriors in the past five centuries who have reached it. Interesting. And you just, it depends on where you land at the end of the seven days and you makes you into three different like tiers of warriors. So Arctosians are the ones who don't make it to the mountain, but survive. Oristians. Are the ones who make it to the mountain, but they don't get to the top. And Corinthian is the ones who scale the summit and are considered elite warriors. Um, so you touch the top, the stone atop it, and then you win. And guess that's it. That's it. Guess who's done it? Oh my god! Can you guess? Is it the three Bat Boys? If they didn't, you'd be like, oh. Yeah. Oh, they're not as good as the other. Like, I thought they were the best of the best. Like, of course, all three of them did it. Of course they did. And they all, like, didn't they, like, touch the stone at the same time They did. Like, brothers! Which is really cute. But Nesta confirms that after she learns all this information, she basically wants to confirm there, but there's never been any females in the rights. No, Cassian says. He doesn't even want them to be there. Um, Even if he trains them... 
He mentions the Illyrians become savages even more than usual on that week. And he doesn't say more, but the connotation is like, you don't want to be a woman up on that mountain. Mm -hmm. But Ness, and maybe we should be teaching them not to yeah, do well, that. I think that the Illyrian, I think, I think they could learn a couple of things about how to Why treat women. Why are we putting that on the women warriors? Right? Maybe the male warriors should learn should not fucking to do no that. can do it. You can murder. You can't touch. Or I say you go in there and you just kill them all. Sure. I mean, that is one of the things you could do. Just saying. Until they learn to stop they gripping. they learn better. Not gripping. But Nesta's really pondering on this. She's she's kind of now she's got this female warrior thing in her mind and and considering all the different hardships that would come along with it. And Cassian says as much that, yes, the training would be hard, especially for war. But that's not the main issue. The biggest biggest challenges for, for female warriors would be proving themselves to their supposed allies uh, you know, they're the people who don't want them to be training and probably having to prove it to themselves as they've been conditioned to think that they can't do it for so long. Which also Cassian completely understands because he knows, like, he's got to be the best. Mm-hmm. He has to be the best at all times, especially with, like, what he's been up against in, like, what he, how he was raised. What about his pressure? Oh, my God. Think about that pressure. Every time on the battlefield, you've got to be, like, the biggest, the baddest warrior. Like, can I sit this one out? I was really Mm-mm. big and bad the last one. Can Never. I just, like, tap out? If you get to Corinthian, you ain't got it. You, you don't get to tap out. That's what, about- what it's like to be Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was about to counter with a different ballist, and I couldn't think of one. I can know I know Travis Kelsey, but I hate to bring up why I know who Travis Kelsey is. I mean, I know that, but that's Taylor Swift is dating. Yeah, yeah. That's how. That's the ball gameist I know. The ball gameist. <laughs> <laughs> so as she's processing all this information, Nesta's thoughts turn to the priestesses in the library, and then she has a question for Cass: Would you train non-Illyrian females? I'm training you, aren't I? I mean, would you consider... She didn't know how to elegantly phrase it, not like silver-tongued resound. The priestesses in the library, if I invited them to train with us here, where it's private and safe, would you train them? Cassine hesitates, not because he wouldn't, but because he's painfully aware of how little some of them can stomach being around males, even a safe one like him. You said this training would help me with my problems. Perhaps it could help them, at the very least, give them a reason to get outside for a bit. This seems to soften Cassian's resolve, and he tells her that if she can get them here, he'll happily train them. That he'd have to run it by Reese and Feyre, and Nesta stiffens at bringing Feyre into this. But he would need to. But otherwise, he'd be happy to. A warm hand clasped her shoulder and squeezed. I like this idea, Ness. His hazel eyes shone bright. I like it a lot. And for some reason, the words meant everything. Oh, for some reason? I wonder why. I wonder why I like what my crush has to say. (laughs) After I know he was literally up all night coming and thinking about me. And then gives me positive affirmations. And makes me feel good about myself and maybe like also gives me a way to like bring up the women that I've been making friends with. 
I wonder why I the wonder. word mean or something. But I understand she's going through a lot of change really fast. We can't expect it to happen all at once. I guess. And now she has a project. She has a project. Oh my god! She's gonna take their glasses off, and everyone's gonna go, "Oh my god, they're beautiful." <laughs> and that's what it's about. That's making them about. hot. Making them hot. Yeah. Not protecting themselves against um, all of the horrific things that men have done to them. Right. Pro- <laughs> protecting themselves, but make it hot, though. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be hot no matter what. It's I, true. I, I think it's pretty hot to have a sword in your hand. It is. I agree. But so, I mean, we're we're on looking at things are looking up. Maybe everything going to be Irie. Whoa, whoa, picking up something from your husband. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Everything is going to be Irie, guys. Um, That's where we are today. Love it. I'm ready. I know what's coming, mm. and I'm excited for it. What could you possibly mean? I'm very excited for it. <laughs> Why am I 12 when I read these books? Yeah, because like, reading smut makes me feel this way. Like That's why I keep reading smut. I can't stop. It makes me, makes me feel young. I feel alive. Hey, babies. For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dive's Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.